0: You know, as we're singing that song, take my life, all of me, sometimes I wonder, is that kind of intimidating for us? Is that something that we uh, hardly fully agree on? I can't read your heart. You can't read mine. But I I start wondering about things like this. The the things that are stated in some of our worship songs. It puts you on uh, kind of in the light. It puts me in the light. Right? It causes there to be a bit of a... Okay, wait a minute. What am I singing here? What What am I agreeing with as I sing? Or even if I'm not singing... Do I agree with that and it it comes down to this what it's like what what is this business of Christian living and faith all about and then you know you come to church and sometimes uh, you, you you know the the design is that you'd get encouraged and and that it would be clarified and and sometimes I think you know did I just confuse people in what I said you know in my message. And I wanna I want to be clear that God wants you, if you're saying I believe, I, I don't think there's anyone here that would raise their hand and say, nope, I don't believe in God. <laughs> Most of you came because you know you're saying I want to go to church. I want to worship. I want to be with God's people. I want to check out this church. All all those kind of things relates to Here, the idea that you're saying you believe in God. Well, we're continuing in our little series on the redeemed community. The redeemed community. And here this this morning, it's on the significance of faith. Last week, we stated everything is powered by the fuel of God's grace. Okay? Everything. It's powered by the fuel of God's grace. And so we need to be a people of God's grace, depending on his grace, to be saved and to live out our lives as Christians. You're not doing it in the strength of your own arm, the strength of the flesh, the arm of flesh, because you and I will fail when we live the Christian life that way. So remember, we're saved by grace. It's not of your doing. It's by God's grace that we're saved And we live by grace. Now today we're going to talk about faith. Where every believer, I've said this before, every believer is saved to serve. You're saved to serve. You're not saved just to get a ticket to heaven. You're saved to serve. Okay? So if you say you believe that you believe in God... We can say we all agree to that, but there's some here maybe this morning that don't understand what kind, what faith is about and how it should result in good works. And we get these pieces mixed up in the puzzle of life. We keep hearing and thinking and leaning towards the idea, well, if I'm just a good person, I'll be a really good person and I'll make it with God. I'll, I'll get things right with God because I'm a good person. Okay, so what we want to do today is try to clarify that. And what does this have to do with our Connect theme for Parkside Bible Fellowship? Well, that love and good works would be multiplied in our Connect groups. And that it would be multiplied in what Tim talked about in our Sunday school groups. That love and good works would result, would flow out of what we're trying to teach and what we're trying to accomplish so that we're a church that's doing what God's Word says to do. Here's the challenge, okay? As you see it in your outline... Every believer is saved to serve. But the challenge is this. You know, circle that verse in your outline right there. Matthew 7. Listen to this. Here's the challenge, Christian. Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out many demons and in your name perform many miracles. And I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Isn't that a great way to start the message out? But I want to get our attention. I want to rattle the cage of the Christian. What kind of faith do you have? Because, you know, these people that responded to Jesus... They could say, hey, I've got faith. I've got faith. But he's saying to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. It's like, okay, wait a minute. I thought we were just to have faith and everything would be fine. Right? And then to add to the challenge, here's the confusion. And I'll I'll list it that way. I'll just say uh, out front. It's kind of it can be con, it contend to be confusing. And it's this Galatians 2:16. Nevertheless, knowing listen, Paul is writing saying, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. See, we're justified through faith in Christ Jesus, not by the works of the law. Even we have believed in in. Christ Jesus, so that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, since by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. So Paul lays it out there. So wait a minute. Okay, so Jesus said this. And then Paul says this. And then on top of it, James says, what? Let's look at James chapter two. Turn to James chapter two. Keep that, keep those thoughts in mind. Come on, stay with me here in this. And, and, and understand what we've got to deal with. Okay? The challenge is do the will of the Father. Paul says in Galatians, you're justified by faith in Christ. Faith alone in Christ alone, right? Okay. So, now James tells us, James chapter 2 verse 14, what use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in, go in peace, be warmed, be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is Dead being by itself. but Someone may well say, someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your work, or show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize you foolish fellow that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. So what I want us to see here this morning is all of us have faith in one sense or another. All of us, you have faith in one sense or another my concern and your concern ought to be what kind of faith are you living by and i'd like to present to you some some uh, commentators give you two i i would give you three types of faith to consider so you line up under one of these or another number 1 again following your outline number 1 <clears throat> That faith is worthless. Faith is worthless. That's the kind of faith some people have. It's a worthless faith. It's another way to say it is it's dead. It's a dead faith. Okay. The concern that James addresses is directed to those Christians to help them to understand what faith is supposed to be about. So he starts by talking about this. Do people have an empty claim of salvation? And that's our concern. We want to be... If we're saying, I'm a Christian, we don't want that claim to go without what the Bible is telling us that that faith is supposed to be. Remember Jesus... In Matthew 7, we read what he he said there in Matthew 7, but also in Matthew 7, Jesus gives the lesson on the good tree that bears what? Good fruit. And the bad tree that bears bad fruit. And there's, I'm assuming, there's similarity there. But his point is not the tree so much as People. His, his concern was always about people and what they claim. Right? And then Matthew 13. Matthew 13 is, is where he gives his lesson on the wheat and the tares. Right? Same kind of thing. The tares were like weeds. In fact, they're, they're, they're like weeds. But they resemble what? They resemble the real thing. A very similar thing in appearance. And that, folks, that's what we have in the church. Not just in our church, but in the church, is that there are people um, that make a claim to faith in Christ, but they're like tares. They're tares. It's a bad tree with bad fruit. There's no real life within. And listen, that's the very essence of the gift of salvation. For those of you that say, I have received the gift of salvation in Jesus, then the result ought to be that there's life. There's life within you. And that, like we sing these songs this morning, and there ought to be a a kind of a response of love and adoration for Jesus. Right? Right? the faith in Christ that brings life to those who, you know what, they were formerly dead in their sins and now they've been made alive and there's cause for rejoicing. There's a cause for saying, Lord, thank you for your amazing love. But with what's called by many as a dead faith, the practicality of works, of of love and good works, is, is missing see it there in, in, in James chapter 2. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is... That's, here's the practicality of it. The outworking of your faith. If a brother or sister is without clothing or in need of daily food. That's what the scripture tells us over and over is the basic needs for a person. Clothing and food. Provision in that way. Okay. But here is that response that I've given it in the past. You've given it. Be warmed. Be filled. You know, go in peace. God bless you. And I I have fallen short of what God tells me. You have fallen short of what God tells you about living out faith. Okay? And so, this is kind of the dead faith. And in this passage of verses 14 through 17, in chapter 2, he keeps coming back. He says it two different times in verse 14 and 16. What use is it? What use is that? The faith, that kind of faith, accomplishes nothing. What difference does it make? You know, we hear that question, you know, in all sorts of different settings. What difference does it make? And that's the idea that James is bringing forth under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He created, you know, he caused you to be concerned about what difference does it make? (laughs) Does my faith make a difference? Does your faith make a difference? So. We have to pause right here before we move on and, and just ask, How do I respond to this? How do you respond to this? The Bible's point is that no one can come to faith in Christ and remain the same. It shouldn't be that way. If you've come to faith in Christ, there ought to be a difference than your past. Now you say, "Well, I was saved at five years old or six years old. Fantastic, great." But do you, in in being saved as a young child, you're you're seeing it, by growing in grace, you're seeing the difference that Jesus makes in your life. Now, you might not be able to call or fall back on the past and say, "Oh, I was a wretched sinner at four years old." Well, you know what? Even a four year old can. Uh, even a person that was saved at a young age can look back and say, yeah, at four years old, yeah, I was. I was deserving of death, deserving of uh, separation from God because I'm born in sin. I have that nature of sin. So it comes back to understanding why did Christ come? Okay? So the point here is that change that starts in the heart That's where it's at. Christ invades a person's life and change starts in the heart, inside. Where there was once guilt and emptiness, there's now a love and adoration for God. Now there should be a clearer distinction between being a sinner and a pardoned sinner. There ought to be a delight and a joy in worship when we come together as a body of believers. There ought to be that delight, that mutual delight in lifting up Jesus As the central issue, the central person of our worship. There ought to be a newness to life as you walk with the Lord Jesus in in your day, in your week, in your month. And there ought to be the the flow of here's good works for Him and for His glory. Well, you can see that. he, He says here in James 2, 14 through 17, that this is Here's the the thing. Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. Then the second one that I would add is that faith... You might have a faith that is, number two, wayward. Wayward. It's different than worthless. Just a bit different. Look at verse 18. But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works, you believe... Here, here he goes. He, he sets it up with this. You believe that God is one. There's the right orthodoxy. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. Okay? He sets it up in this way to use an illustration that he might shake up the Christian. The, the person who says, I have faith in, in God. I have faith in Jesus. And he really is trying to shake the cage again, if you will, for the believer. He points out that demons have faith. Demons have faith. And a study of the encounters that Jesus had with demons proves they were aware of what? Think about it. They're aware of his deity. They're aware that he is the son of God. They're aware that he has power and they knew that they were under his ultimate authority. They knew that. So demons are neither atheistic or agnostic. They believe. They have faith. And regarding this kind of faith, let's be reminded of what is another, in a sense, another illustration using the story of the Good Samaritan. And again, I want to, I want all of us, I want me, I want you to put yourself in these shoes. The good Samaritan, right? The priest and the Levite, they had their religious training. But neither of them stopped to assist the man who had been robbed and beaten and left half dead on the side of the road. Luke chapter 10, 30 through 37 So in spite of their intellectual awareness... And in spite of their right doctrine, their right orthodox beliefs, the faith that they exercised was leading themselves astray more and more and more. And actually, anyone who followed them in that day, they were leading others astray with that kind of faith. Remember, the enemy, the enemy of God, simply wants to get you a bit wayward not way wayward just a bit wayward just a little bit will do right these the levite and the priest had the right knowledge they had the right belief intellectually they're in the right place you are intellectually typically in the right place i believe in god i believe in the trinity the father son and holy spirit i believe in the bible Levite and the priest could join in with us. Folks, it's a challenge to me. It's a challenge to all of us who claim to be Christians about this very issue. What kind of faith do you live by? See, this is the kind of discussion that really stimulates. Walking in a, in, a, in a way that says, hey, let's, let's be walking in the, with this kind of faith. A faith that has works that shows good love and good deeds to one another. And that's the kind of thing that we want to promote at all levels in our church. That's what we want to promote. And from senior saints all the way down to nursery. Nursery. That's what we want to promote in our men's ministries, in our women's ministries. Not that it's just a big, huge, another study, and I've got my degrees in all, all the stuff I've, I've studied in, in Bible school and, and in church, and I've done this study in, you know, the book of Acts 20 times, and I can, I can lead any Bible study I want. No, it's, it's beyond that, and that's what the Bible's telling us that we go beyond our head knowledge. And I'm not putting down head knowledge. We need to grow in the things of the Lord. We need to have right doctrine. Right? So, I want to encourage you in that way. So, it's apparent that the demons, getting back to the demons here, have not only the intellectual response... But they, there's, in some cases, a bit of an emotional response. Why? The demons believe and they what? They shudder. Oh! You know, oh! Oh! Does that make them right with God? Not, not, No, no way. They're not right with God just because they have an intellectual understanding. Yep, He's Jesus. He's the Son of God. He's got all power. And oh, I'm in trouble. Doesn't make any difference to them. They're still demons and they're bound for hell. Okay? So we see that this is not saving faith. This kind of wayward faith because it falls short of what God expects. In verse 20, look at verse 20. Now he turns it to us, to the believers. Look at verse 20. He says, but are you willing to recognize You foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless. James is spotlighting faith that is useless versus faith that saves. Faith that saves. And so we move to point number three on the back of your outline. Point number three. And that is he demonstrates a faith that is whole. Whole. A faith that is whole. There's wholeness to the faith that the Bible is emphasizing. Why? Because not only does it hit the intellect and cause emotion, but it, it gets to the will of the person. The person's will. Okay, It involves the person's will. It, it, it causes a change here. And it causes you to then walk in that way. What did Jesus say in Matthew 7? You didn't do the will of my Father in heaven. Okay. Worthless faith does nothing. Wayward faith only gets to the intellect, but whole faith gets to all aspects of the person's life. It gets to his will. So true saving faith leads to what? Action. It leads to action. According to God's word, number one, Not just random action, but according to what you're reading and learning and growing in God's word. That that's what's guiding you. So I I believe when there's true spiritual regeneration, life given to a person, new life, that the mind comes to understand the truth. Paul speaks about that, about the mind coming to understand spiritual things, but then the heart desires the truth and the will then follows up and acts upon the truth and then he illust- illustrates it with two people not two stories or what now here's two people two people that we can see it in their lives when we study the word of god abraham and rahab two very very different people abraham called and chosen by God, kind of father of the faith, right? Father of the faith, Abraham. There he is. He's a Jew. He's a man. Ah, Yeah. Not only that, he's known as the friend of God. He's a godly man. (laughs) And here's Rahab. Rahab can't match Abraham's uh, resume. Rahab's a woman. And by the way, yeah, back in that day, there's, yeah, that separation kind of thing. And on top of it, Rahab's a Gentile. She's a Gentile. She's a sinful woman. She's of a nationality that was deemed an enemy of God and ready for the judgment of God. That's what the Jews were coming into town for, wiping out the town of of Jericho. (laughs) And yet, here's two extreme people, Who are being used for what? The illustration of a saving faith. A saving faith. Abraham believed God, and the Lord counted it to him for righteousness. Okay? And he did so by way of offering up his son. So, Abraham's example answers this the the justified person has a changed life, and he's empowered. To obey God's will, his faith is demonstrated by good works. That's the idea. And Rahab, Rahab, listen, Rahab heard the message. God's people are coming and God's wiping out nations. <laughs> no, so here's, here's Rahab hearing of the mighty works that God's doing through these people. And she knew her people were condemned. She knew that. They were condemned. And, and the, the Bible says that she, in her mind, here's, here's, their hearts melted, is what the Bible says in, in Joshua. Their hearts melted within them because of what was coming upon God's work. She took action. She hid the spies. And stop and consider this. Most of you, you, you know the story of Rahab hiding the two spies, right? Right? The small amount of information she had to act upon faith, versus what we have in our day. Do you get that? Rahab didn't whip out her her Galaxy 4 phone and see the latest news. Rahab just heard the heard the message, and and then she hears the two spies, and she she followed through with her life at stake, and she acted upon faith. Okay? And here today, you and I have the full revelation of God in the Word and pointing us to the Son, Jesus, in the Word. That's what we have. How are, we, how are you acting upon His revealed will? See, that's about faith, my friend. That's faith in action. So faith and works are not enemies. Faith and works are not enemies. Um, I know in my life, if I were to really evaluate it, I would be sitting because I know I've got the right beliefs. And I, I could be sitting around because I've got the right beliefs. And then there's others that are, you know, going busy, 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 but they don't have the right doctrine. And they're thinking that their works are going to get them right with God. And I'm thinking, hey, I've got the right beliefs. Many of you are thinking that too. You're sitting with me over here saying, yeah, I've got the right beliefs. We're good. Isn't that neat? And those old turkeys over there, you know, why don't they get the message? Folks, we've got to... Understand that faith and works are not enemies. They're friends. They go hand in hand. They go together. And faith that is genuine, if it's genuine faith that you're living by, that'll bring forth good works. Faith that that saves, saving faith, is never alone. It's always accompanied by good works. There's always a change in a person's life when it's genuine faith. Faith in Christ alone justifies with God. Do you understand that? God says, okay, here's a person who responds in faith to the gospel message, and God justifies them. <clears throat> he declares them blameless, holy. They're righteous. Okay? God declares that because of faith in Christ. <clears throat> and by the way, that, that faith is a gift from God. It wasn't generated in here or in you. It's a gift from God. So, faith in Christ alone justifies. God declares that the person is righteous through faith in Christ. And the works, do they just... Well, James said the work, they, works justify, right? No, no, no. In the right way, put together properly, the works simply verify that faith is what? Genuine. The works Verify, they don't justify, they verify that faith is genuine. Pastor and author Kevin DeYoung wrote this. Listen, the profession of faith, which makes no difference in your life, makes no difference to God either. I'm going to say it again. Some of you didn't get it. The profession of faith, which makes no difference in your life, makes no difference to God either. That's another way of, in in essence, translating James chapter 2, along with these other passages that we've read. So, I hope that this will challenge all of us in regards to say, Okay, in the next two weeks, we're going to be doing sign-ups for connect groups. And we're going to be doing emphasis. We're starting Sunday school again. Here's Awana. Here's student ministries. Here we go. And here, you know, let's, let's come together. But what's driving it? What's driving it? The arm of the flesh? The uh, mind of the flesh? That Oh yeah, we've got it all together. Or lives lived out in trusting in His grace and walking by faith. As we go, faith that shows itself in good works. So what now? What about this week at the end of your outline on the back page? What about this week? There's three challenges from scripture. First Timothy six seventeen and 18 to be rich in good works. Paul's point there is that we're already rich in material things. So let's be rich in good works. Okay. <laughs> and then to maintain that. To maintain the good works from Titus chapter 3. okay, And the word there means to put at the head, make it a priority, engage in good works. Be careful to engage in good works, Titus 3 verse 8. And then the last one, to stimulate one another to love in good works from Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24. The word there means to provoke or incite. And that's what we can do in a good sense Not to irritate one another about it, but to provoke and stimulate one another to love and good works. That's what the body of Christ should be known for. Finally, it's not in your outline, but it's the reference 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10 says that we must all, talking about Christians, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. What's that about? I thought we were already in. Aren't we already in? Yes, we are. If you're a believer, we've got heaven to look forward to. We've got the glory of God and the worship of Jesus to look forward to. But Christian, you and I are to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Why? So that your works may be tested by fire so here's the motivation as we close up our time this morning is that what are you doing in regards to good works and is it done for his glory even the little things of life or the big things of life if it's little things that you're you're saying oh, I, I don't do much but yes you do and it can be done in 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 spiritual ways you're praying, you're sharing the gospel, okay? You're, you're uh, trying to reconcile relationships, spiritual things. And then physical ways. You can do good works in, in physical ways of meeting someone's need, clothing, food, helping with your time, your talents, right? And then we come to that point where each one is going to be recompensed for his deeds in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad. I want to encourage each one of us about thinking this through so that today and through this week, Lord willing, that we have these days ahead of us, that we're saying, I want to do this for His honor and for His glory. Is my faith the kind of faith that flows with good works coming from it? That I'm, I'm connecting that to a risen savior that he's the one i'm wanting to please or am i just doing it out of routine because i've always been in church all my life and and yeah i got it down and now let's let's be challenged by what the, the the teaching of the truth of god's word so that he would receive the glory okay what a wonderful savior is jesus my lord a wonderful wonderful savior And again, my friend, it's only by His help, His grace, and His strength that we can accomplish this. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, we implore you, we beg of you, be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. Have faith in what Jesus Christ accomplished. Admit your sin. Call out to faith to, to Jesus Christ in faith, believing that what He did will bring about pardon from your sins, will bring about life in Christ. You'll be made a new person. Put your faith in Jesus Christ or else face the wrath of God. That's what's... It's nothing in between. It's either you're facing the wrath of God on your own or you come to faith in Christ now. Jesus took the punishment for you at the cross. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Heavenly Father, please help us as your children to learn to grow in faith, to walk by faith, and to remember that the faith that you honor, the faith that you expect is one that shows forth in good works. And Lord, please help us as a congregation, whether we're in a connect group or a Sunday school or, or many avenues of ministry here. May we be uh, doing it in such a way that shows these are good works for the glory of Jesus. Thank you for each person here. I know, dear Lord, that some are really struggling. Some are hurting about what's going on in their lives or with their loved ones. Please help them to turn to You and seek your, your, your work in their lives. and Strengthen them for this road that they're on. Thank You for our time again. We praise You in Christ's name. Amen.